Welcome to Music and Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Moshe Lewis. I am so ecstatic. I'm delighted to be joined today by Sherry Payne from the Supremes. Welcome. Hi, Dr. Hi. Lewis. How are you? Sure. Oh, good. I know now you travel formally with the uh, former ladies of the Supreme, Floss, and I love that. Like the Floss. <laughs> um, but I wanted to, and I know you're still doing a ton of solo work. I wanted to try to kind of go back to the beginning a little bit. And I appreciate you literally um, squeezing us in as you get ready to go to another engagement and just oh, talk sure. about kind of growing up in the pain household and, and the singing and the music that, that that came out of that, because I know obviously both you and your sister are so accomplished. What was that like? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, actually, uh, neither one of our parents sang. <laughs> My <laughs> mother, <laughs> she couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. It was that bad, but I shouldn't say that, but um we got our gift from god mm -hmm. uh, well then on our, our father's side fred Payne, uh mm -hmm. his sisters sang in fact they had a gospel group called i think the five stars back in north mm -hmm. carolina asheville so i guess maybe that's where it came from as well but from god foremost but um we always sang as children uh frida was very bashful and she wouldn't even sing in front of our mother <laughs> she would either go behind a curtain or make mama go into another room and then she'd sing. But I was just the opposite. I was a little something else. When my mother would have friends over, I would get in the middle of the floor and I would just start singing. And wow. then I, when I finished it, I was like, you want to hear it again? And before they could answer, I would just start singing again. <laughs> but then around 10 years old, when Frida was 10, 11, 12, the roles reversed. Frida came out of her shell. And she became the extrovert and I became the introvert, I guess, because nobody was paying me any attention anymore. She right, discovered right. she had a beautiful voice and she's been using it ever since. Sure. Uh, it's just simply amazing. And tell me, I know one of the early groups um, uh, was Glass Door. And, Glass House. Uh, yeah, Glass House with Invictus Records. Wow. How did that all come about to actually um, get and form, you know, a group and, and work? I believe it was, was uh, with Mr. Dozier. Right, Dozier. Right. Well, uh, Frida was in New York and she ran into Brian Holland, I think, of walking down the street. And so they got to talking because they had known each other from Detroit, gone to school together, along with Eddie, Eddie Brian's brother and Lamont as well. Okay. And so uh, and Rita Franklin, too all of the same junior high school. But uh, anyway, Brian said they just formed a new record company in which he liked to join. He loved to have her. So she did. So she was home from New York and um, visiting and she was on the phone talking with Eddie Holland and I knew it. So I went in the living room and I got on the piano and I started playing as loudly as I could. A wow. song I had written called Everybody Should Know a Little Pain. That was the name of it. I can't remember how it went, but I said, I'm writing this for Gladys Knight and the Pips. But anyway, <laughs> I sat at the piano and I started playing as loudly as I could. And wow. Frida called me to the phone. She said, Eddie wants to talk to you. I saw, I saw, I said, okay. So I got on the phone. He said, what was that you were playing? I said, oh, just a little tune I wrote. He said, do you have any more? I said, oh yeah, I have lots more. He said, well, would you like to audition for our company? I said, well, I don't care. And so um, uh, he said, we'll send a car around for you. So Ron Dunbar came by, picked me up and they took me over to Lamont Dozier's house in right. Palmer Woods. And I sat there at his white piano and mm -hmm. Eddie and Brian were there and McKinley Jackson, Jeffrey Bowen and 
Um, and anyway, I played about three, four songs and they said, okay, that's enough. We, we love it. We said, we'd like to put you in a group, but we don't need another lead female singer because we have Frida and, and then um, a couple other people. But uh, so we're forming a group. And we want to put you in the group with Ty Hunter, who was a fabulous tenor singer and had had a few singles on his own. Right. And um, so they formed the Glass House around right. Ty and myself. And mm-hmm. then they added Pearl Jones and Larry Mitchell. But before Pearl came in, Gloria Hendry was selected, had come oh. in from New York. And um, she, uh, we had choreography and everything, but J- Gloria only stayed a short time and then she wasn't quite satisfied with the situation situation so she went back to New York now Gloria Henry went on good that she went back because she went on to become a James Bond girl she mm. was the second James Bond girl and the first black woman woman to have a romantic scene with right. James Bond yeah Gloria Henry we're dear friends to this day oh nice wow that's amazing and then tell us a little bit about uh sort of ultimately um getting this call from Mary Wilson I mean that's just yes. unbelievable Oh, absolutely. Well, by that time, uh, this was, I think, 72, 73, um, Lamont had come out to California on a business trip and he ran into Mary at a party and she told him that Gene Terrell had just left the group and they were looking for another lead singer. Well, he was my boyfriend at the time. We had formed a relationship. And so he told her about me, of course. So Mary called me and she had me to send uh, a couple of the albums and photos of myself and uh, she knew that I was Frida's sister. She was so excited about that. And right. uh, so I did. And then it was a Thursday night and I was over to my best friend's house, Walter and Barbara Gaines, who are right. right. friends to this day. Walter's deceased, but he was a singer with the uh, the group, the originals. But uh, I was over to their house with Lamont and my mother called and said, Mary Wilson just called me, called my house and wanted me to call her. So I did from Barb's house. And Mary said she loved what she saw. Could I come out to Los Angeles? I said, well, yeah, okay. I said, when? She said, how about Saturday? I said, Saturday? This was Thursday night. I got a ticket at the airport waiting for you. I said, dang. So I said, okay. And so everybody was cheering and hugging me, Lamont and Walt and Barb. And so I went home and I told my mother and she was so excited. I said, but I can't do it. She says, why not? I said, I'm too scared. The Supremes, that's too big. I can't do it. So she gave me that mother talk like mothers will do. Because my mother was a fabulous mother, very strong. And so Saturday morning, I got on the plane, flew out to Los Angeles and Cindy Birdsong and her husband at that time, Charles Hewlett, picked me up and took me straight to Mary's house. And wow. we started rehearsing. I didn't know that there was a gig in New Mexico State Fair that following Saturday. Oh, wow. So wow. I had a lot to learn. I didn't even have time to really get nervous. Right. So wow. that was and how it. old were you at this point? How what? How young were you at this point? Oh, dang. I think I was, let's see. I think I was 27, I think. Right. Wow. I had uh, uh, graduated from Michigan State in 66 and at start teaching school after that i graduated in medical technology believe it or not and i didn't want to do my year internship in a hospital so my mother said well you better do something you're not gonna sit around this house after i paid all that money for you to go to school 14 no she's at 14 1200 a year wow. dang <laughs> now twelve thousand a year won't even matter. right yeah so anyway i had taught I, I was teaching school at the time when all this happened with the glass house so right. i naturally I quit my job and so anyway that's all history right wow that's amazing do you feel like you had a I have to pinch myself moment whether it was going on in New uh, New Mexico with the group or 
just some event around that time where you just almost couldn't believe that this was too good to I be I couldn't true. believe it. I was in another world. I think we were on the bill with, it was either Stevie Wonder or Donny Hathaway, I think. Right. And they said, and the manager, Bill Loeb, said, if you do a good job, then you've got the job. And so after I finished, uh, came up to me, he said, you got it. You got the job. We loved you. I said, oh, thank you. And I called my mother screaming and hollering. So <laughs> that was, I think, September, October of 73. Yeah, 73. Yeah. And then I, shortly after that, I moved out to Los Angeles from Detroit. Wow. And just tell us a little bit about just sort of that insight that you developed, like you said, even in just a short time about not only Mary, but sort of working with the group. And obviously um, they already had legendary status and you guys just helped take it even further because I know there continued to be uh, hits even after Diana. Yes, yes, yes. Gene Terrell. And uh, we went to the recording studio in a few months and we started recording. And and in fact, I'm trying to think of his name. He became Lieutenant Governor Mike uh, he wrote the first songs that I recorded in the studio. I can't wow. even think of his last name, but name, but he went on to become our lieutenant governor. Wow. Um, but anyway, wow. Uh, we were always in the studio. If we weren't in the studio, we were traveling. I got to go all over the world, which I hadn't been able to do. A little girl from Detroit, other than like going to Puerto Rico with my sister when she was performing with my mother. But wow. uh, I got, you know, Japan, England, uh, everywhere, the Far East. Uh, it was amazing. The Philippines was just amazing. I was right. so blessed. Sure. If you had to pick a song, sort of uh, maybe symbolic of, of your time there, just maybe one, I'm sure there are a few, um, what what might that be? Well, I think my favorite song, or the Supreme song, is um, My World is Empty Without You. I just love that song. But I remember the uh, the first song, what drew me to them uh, was in 66, but right before I graduated, and I was doing um, taking quantitative analysis oh, in wow. summer school. Yeah, dude, quantitative okay. analysis. And I was cutting through the dorm, going to the Quonset huts and back, and I heard this bump, 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 and these white girls had their dorm room open, and so I stopped and I listened. So I went inside. And they had the little record player there. And I said, what's that? They said, oh, it's, it's a new song by this group called The Supremes. I said, wow. I said, I'm from Detroit, too. They're from Detroit. I said, oh, I really like that. And that was Where Did I, lo Where Did I Love Go? <laughs> yeah. The first hit. Wow, wow. Yeah, let's take a listen.
Yeah, I'm simply just soundtracks of our lives. What do you think it's the best way to describe why the music, even to this day, continues to remain timeless from a group like the Supremes? That's a good question. You know, um, I think because the music was easy, it was simple. You could remember the lyrics. You could remember the melody. There was nothing harsh about it. It was positive. Um, great sing-along music. Some of this music nowadays is like, dang, you can't even remember the melody after the song is finished. And, and some music I, I'd like to sing along to, but after it's done, I can't, I'm like, huh? Or what are they saying? Uh, it, it's completely different. I'm, I guess I'm old. <laughs> older, we always like to say, but not, not old. I think there's something to it that like you hit at that really is timeless when sometimes the qualities are simplistic, but they're pure. Um, pure, right. Also mm -hmm. um, not uh, overly uh, dramatized. It's just easy, free-flowing, right. the way that people might talk or, or um, as people may say, rap, but back then we meant that we were kind of trying to flirt a little bit um, to each other. <laughs> And just, just, but just nice and just really um, easy on the ears. <laughs> right. Yeah. Easy melodies. It was just, just wonderful. Yeah. And coming so from simplistic the, back then. Coming from the heart. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then I know that um, the show's called Music and Medicine, that you've had a couple of health challenges that um, you've yes. overcome. And I want to talk a little bit about that because if I understand, Correctly, you were telling me that you had, um, you're a breast cancer survivor. Yes, I am. April 23rd, I think that's when I had my surgery of 2011. Wow. And I said, well, praise the Lord, because my mother died from breast cancer when she was 56 in oh 1977. God. So um, Frida never had any problems. I'm one, one who got all the allergies and everything, asthma, everything, allergic to this and that. But anyway, I said, better me than her. I said, that's okay, my big sister. But anyway, um, I was diagnosed, and uh, when Dr. Katner gave me the um, news, he said, we have to find a surgeon right away. I said, well, okay. He thought I was going to be so devastated. I said, okay, next step, find the surgeon. We'll do it. So when we went to uh, the surgeon, Frida went with me, and I said, well, how long has it been growing there? My right breast. He said, well, about eight, nine years. I said, dang. But anyway, they did the surgery, and... Um, I said, when I went to Dr. Van Moser, that was his name, the uh, in Beverly Hills, and first thing he said, you're going to have to be on this pill for five years, and, and you're going to have to have chemotherapy, radiation, and you're going to lose all your hair. I said, okay, I'll take the pills for five years. I'll do the radiation, but I'm not doing chemotherapy. He said, what? You've got to have chemotherapy. I said, nope, I'm not doing it. Right. And so I didn't. My mother didn't do chemotherapy either. And look what happened. That was because she didn't want to lose all. She had long, beautiful hair. She was vain about her hair. But anyway, that's another story. So anyway, uh, and it turned out, he said, well, there's a test we can do. There's a small percentage of women who um, chemotherapy won't be of need for them. And so he said, well, have to come in, take some blood. I think they took about four tubes of blood. He'll take about three weeks to get the results. Finally, the results came back and he called me and said, well, I've got good news. You don't have to have the chemotherapy. See there, that was God telling me, don't take that chemotherapy. I did the radiation twice a day at Cedars and yeah. I took the pill for five years and I'm right. still here. Right, so. <laughs> and let's talk about that. You're still performing, you still sing. Um, how much has music just so touched your lives in being able to also touch the lives of others to make it through these various types of challenges? Wow. 
well, you know, a lot of times people have come up to me and maybe I didn't even feel that good that day. And someone will come up, someone will come up to me after the show and said, wow, you really made a difference in my life. You know, I was going through this or that. And then after listening to you, it made me feel so much better. And, and I said, well, praise the Lord. I may not have said praise the Lord, but that's what I was thinking inside. And then I would, you know, smile. And sometimes even during this pandemic, you know, I've gotten real depressed because I've always suffered from depression. My sister didn't even know that deep, dark depressions. Sometimes we even had suicidal thoughts, oh. but I knew I would not carry it out. But, but I've had suicidal thoughts even just recently this week. Mm. Uh, but um, I know I would never act on it. But, you know, sometimes when you get so deep, dark, I know where it's coming from, that dark place, that demonic place. I, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus and I pray or somebody might call me with some lift me up, whatever, I'll read something. And sometimes I'll just start singing. Sometimes you just have to sing yourself happy. Mm, I like that. Yeah, no, it's so right. important. And I wanted to explore that a little bit because it's so important for, I think so many of our listeners is some, one of these places that we always seek to go, which is try to help people through um, their mental health journey. You talked about some of the ways to help you. What do you think are just some of those challenges with the way the mind works that it does feel like it's harder to really you know, process a, a more positive um, perspective? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, shield, because I, I know for many times people may feel like, gosh, things really are hopeless and this is the best way to solve it. I just won't be part of the equation. That's awful. That's a terrible way to think. There was a, a young mentee years old mm -hmm. uh, who was a uh, part of a, a organization in our church for hope. And um, he, uh, uh, Xavier Patterson, that's, he was a star for uh, basketball player at North Hollywood High mm -hmm. and a uh, handsome young man, 6'3", senior mm -hmm. and um, star player. And I guess he was suffering from depression. And um, I think uh, this was happened in February of 2019, Valentine's, his girlfriend had quit him. He got into an argument with some friends, so his father took his cell phone away. And, and mm -hmm. so then that next day, he uh, went to the Hollywood uh, freeway where it intersects with the uh, Ventura freeway, the 101 and the 170, and he climbed on top of a, a fence or whatever, and people were gathering around. He was threatening to jump, and people were gathering around, cars stopping, and you know, yelling up to him, don't jump, don't jump. And then finally somebody said, don't jump. He said, your family loves you. And then he said, I won't say what he said, the word, but he said, my family doesn't give a F-U-C-K about me. And then he jumped to his death. Oh. 17 years old so things yeah. like that get to me and i think oh yeah. i wonder in those, that second when he was on his way down did he have a change of heart but it was too yeah. late to turn back sure yeah can't it, something that you feel that is so important for whichever community the music community or or the health community to really try to do to help show more love have better understanding be more supportive mm -hmm. have a better ear um mm -hmm. that we need to do um, to, to try to help. Absolutely. There's another case of a neighbor whose uh, nephew, uh, I think he hanged himself or shot himself. He was, I think, 17 as well, but he shot himself because his uh, grandfather was a Pentecostal minister. He was in Mexico. They were sp Spanish, and he didn't want his grandfather to know that he was gay. Mm -hmm. And he was so troubled by it that he killed himself. Right. And I know of someone someone else who's, who's a nephew in Texas, uh, for whatever reason, they still don't know to this day, but when his mother walked into the garage where he was working, he was hanging from uh, the rafter. Right. 
You don't know what's going on with these young people. So yeah. it's just awful, just awful. So we have to be careful, give love, not yeah. hate. No, absolutely. Listen, listen, yeah. You touched on it a bit. Do you feel like music, your words, um, some of the songs that you love and listen to have really helped you through those dark times in a way that you feel like it, it touches your soul or your heart to, to change some of the mood? Maybe. Absolutely, absolutely. I like classical music too. And there's a song, not a song, but a piece from uh, Rimsky, Korsakov, Scheherazade. And there's a certain uh, point in the music, this beautiful music comes on and the violinist is just playing this magnificent solo. And it just, oh, it just feels like I'm, I wanna just float in the air. It's just, I can't even explain it. It just fills my heart. Music is the answer. I'm telling you, music. Oh my gosh. Sure. What is one um, great experience that you really feel, gosh, having uh, lived this life and being on the road with the Supremes and things like that, um, really, I feel I was able to, to touch uh, someone or there was some special moment where you really felt like this is, this is why I was maybe even but on this earth to, to use music in this way, to have this platform with this. Well, like I've said, people have come up to me and actually told me they made a difference. I made a difference in their life. Some may have been contemplating suicide and mm. they said it was something that I said and while I was singing or in between the patter that I did. Mm. And they said uh, that made the difference or listening to my story, because I've told this before. And sure. they said, because, you know, this isn't the end, this world here. That's why you have to constantly look up and 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 besides singing i love stage playwriting screenwriting and i put my energies into that and it's, you know I have to stay away from negative people yes trawlers stay away from negative people they're basement people they will bring you down and sometimes mm -hmm. people have called and they're just so negative the whole conversation by the time i get off the phone like dang i was feeling good before they called <laughs> okay, so that's a voicemail next time <laughs> so get surround yourself with positive people. I mean, you can't be positive every single day, but yeah. people who have you know there's a better there's a better place, not a better place, but there is a better place. But mm -hmm. hope there's always hope for tomorrow. Tomorrow mm -hmm. is a new day, a new beginning. Mm -hmm. So you know, look up, don't look down. Dang. Sure. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Ms. Payne. I know that you literally squeezed us in and uh, it was such a pleasure to be able to meet you and have some time uh, with you uh, earlier this month. I don't want to be so presumptuous, but just so kind of you to not only have shared your talents, but your voice and this sincere honesty about just some of the challenges that many of us face. Absolutely. And, thought about i think that you give some really good you know pearls about um thank the fact you. Music, thank you know and life is short life is short i experienced it like i was telling in the beginning in 2019 before christmas i had a tia mm -hmm. transient ischemic mm -hmm. attack right in the middle of an act on at the catalina mm -hmm. bar and grill and all of a sudden i couldn't sing and i had to speak the rest of the lyrics of the song and i prayed lord please let me finish this song i want to get paid so <laughs> <laughs> we finished the show. We, it was almost a two-hour show, and sure. everybody, several people who knew Frida knew there was something wrong with me because um, I thought I was having a heart attack. So anyway, she said, you need to go to urgent care. I didn't go. I went, went home. I said, well, I'm going to go to church tomorrow. Um, I slept in, and then uh, my girlfriend called to see how I was doing, and while I'm talking to her, my arm went, left arm went numb. I still mm -hmm. didn't pay any attention. I said, I got to get to Costco to get my turkey for Christmas. Oh, went to Costco, <laughs> came back, still oh, wouldn't God. go. 
The next morning, I got up, made a pan of cornbread uh, and, and, and toast to make my uh, dressing, made a pan of candy, yams, pa a pan of macaroni and cheese, took my grandson to his basketball practice at Grand High, and came home. I went by urgent care, like Frida kept telling me, and it was filled with people. I said, I'm not going in there. I will be sick. So anyway, halfway through the day, I right. called my primary doctor and he was had just left for the vacation. And they said, well, what's wrong? And I told him my symptoms. They said, well, you need to go to the hospital. I said, I do. They said, yeah. I said, okay. Hung up. I said, I'm not going to no hospital. I was doing laundry. And then about an hour later, I had heard the voice of God tell me, you need to get to urgent care and get there no later than four o'clock. Right. So I said, well, I got to put my clean sheets on first, which I did. Then I ran out the door at five minutes to four and got to urgent care. There were only two people in there. They saw me right mm -hmm. away. And Dr. Jacobs, Julia Jacobs saw me. And she's the one who said, you've just had a TIA after she examined me. And my daughter called on my cell phone. Then I said, well, explain it to both of us. So she did. And then she asked my daughter, how soon can you get here? She said, 15 minutes. She said, get here as quickly as you can. And then I said, well, no, I don't need her to drive me anywhere. I, she's, I drove myself. I just left six blocks. She said, how do you think I got here? She said, you cannot drive. She said, I'm calling Providence, St. Joseph right now. And you're to wait no more than 10 minutes before they see you. I'm calling ahead right now. So Shauna was there, took me to the emergency. And Frida was waiting in the doorway, went in. They admitted me. And I said, I can't stay here. I got to get back home. I got all this food to cook, my dressing and stuff. They said, you're not going anywhere. Even my pastor came and I thought, am I dying? And so anyway, the next, they kept me, ran all these tests. The next morning, two cardiologists came in, a neurologist and a regular doctor. And right. then they said, not only had I had a TIA, I also had a Takasubo cardiomyopathy. Right. Wow. Said, yeah. My heart had enlarged and that's why mm -hmm. I couldn't breathe. Right. And they said, due to stress. So right. remember that stress can kill you. Mm -hmm. And when God talks to you, because I gave a testimony in my, in my church after I finally mm -hmm. got out, when God talks to you, listen. Listen, sure. Well, there's no question. And you know, I've gotten time to spend around you and your sister. You all are strong and headstrong and used it to get through your breast cancer and clearly uh, didn't want to listen when it came to the CIA. But I'm glad that uh, the voice of God was able to get through to yes. you and get you in. Yes to get you the care and help keep you with us. So thank you, um, Dr. Lewis. Pleasure. Your, your smile and your warm nature is so infectious. It's always so much fun being around you. And um, I just uh, so appreciate and, and love having you with us. And um, thanks so much for all you've done for us musically and, and everything else, encouraging us, like you said, even through our darker times to thank be you. honest, have an open conversation about a very heavy topic. Suicide is yes. not easy to address or figure out what or understand. I belong to an organization called Here's to Life, and that's what it's about, suicide prevention, so right. that we're trying to get, get the word out there all over the world that we can just do just a small percentage, save some lives. That's what we've got to do. Here's sure. to Life Global. That's what it is. And I'm just happy to still be here. I'll be 78 in November, and I'm just praising God and thanking him for every day. Sure. Thanks so much. Well, we'll put the number below the screen and, and certainly uh, um, shout out to the work they're doing at Here's to Life. Um, there couldn't be a better name than that for this type That's of right. work. Here's to and Life Global. Mm -hmm. So important. We just want to continue to highlight uh, the need for all of us to be able to have more open conversations and uh, surround all of our friends and family with, with more and more love. We can't have too much of that. That's Thanks right. So Thanks so much. Um, as we go out, uh, just one last song that you'd like us to listen to and to think about as we uh, think about your great career, what would that song be? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Ooh, 
there's so many songs that I love. A song that I wrote, it's on the one of the, uh, the Partners album at Motown, Another Life From Now. Yes. Um, that was written from my heart. I did everything, the arrangement, everything. Yes. Um, maybe I another from now if you have it. It's on the Partners album if you have it. If not, just pick one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Another Life From Now. Thanks so another much. Another Life From Now. you